Callum, welcome back. Um, missed you midweek when I was discussing this Scotland episode with John Bleasdale. Um, thank you to those of you that have tuned into that audio-only episode. But how are you doing, Callum? I'm very, very good. Thank you very much. I found out earlier today that tomorrow's bank holiday for me, so I'm off. So that was nice. Didn't know that. Thank God someone reminded me. Otherwise, I'd have logged on and just carried on with my day. And uh, Scott's debut album came early in the post today. It's not out until tomorrow and I got it today. So very happy with that. Suggest you check that out at midnight when it comes out. Uh, just a little promotion. But I'll tell you what, it'll be even better if everyone's tuning in. If you're listening, follow us wherever you're listening. And also on face, uh, Facebook, what am I on about? YouTube, like and subscribe. It's off to a hot start here. But Glenn, how are you doing? Calm, that is a great question. Um, no, that's the last time for now that we'll take the mickey out of Dave Cormack because we'll every question, yeah, we'll see how it goes because every question is a great question. But yeah, no, I'm doing good. Um, happy that we've got some club football to talk about. I mean, I, I enjoyed the international break, Israel game aside, but it's nice. We've got certainly plenty to talk about, don't we, Callum? Yes, there's a lot, been a lot happening. Um, the international break was all right for me, to be honest. It was, <laughs> the first couple of games a bit dull, but then... We, got, we enjoyed the Pharaohs game last night, but yeah, plenty to talk about. Plenty's been happening. Uh, it's just showtime Reds are back, baby. Yeah, even though our manager is not going to be here for the weekend's mm. game. Um, but we'll we'll look at the comings and goings since we last recorded an episode. Um, I suppose the biggest one was where we'll start. Scott Brown, the rumours were rife and they were true as well. Signing a two-year deal as assistant manager, but also player coach as well. Now that you've had more than a week to kind of digest the news, where where do you sit on the on the Scott Brown signing? I'm under no illusion that it could be very very good signing. I think he definitely could be. We've been soft as shite for years in midfield since Shinny left, essentially. So he probably is what we need, and he could be a great mentor for future shit houses and well current shit houses to be honest, uh, Ferguson, McCrory, and then Campbell as well. Maybe needs it as well. Mm. So. Given that and a winner, good signing. There was obviously the whole Shea Logan incident that hadn't been addressed, which I feel like maybe a little bit uncomfortable. They mentioned it in the Q&A last night. Um, I don't think we'll get anything out of it. We won't hear anything. Uh, but I don't. people were saying like, oh, come on, it was seven years ago, etc. I don't think it's unfair for people to be uncomfortable uh, given that it facilitated years of abuse of Shea Logan. Let me just say that. But yeah, I think if you were to say something to like Glenn Camaro, well, it was in seven years' time. Well, it was seven years ago. I don't think you know it would it would sit well. Um, I know it's slightly maybe out of context, but I can see where those those people are coming from. Mm -hmm. But no, I totally. In terms of resolving how soft we are, he'll mm -hmm. absolutely do that. You know, I've heard some people say that he's past it, given his age, but. I think there's no doubting that he will play more for us this season than he would have if he'd stayed at Celtic. And I think mm. that's possibly why he's come to us because he's still got that desire to play on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And, you know, his mentality is a mentality that a lot of our players are severely lacking in a, a winning mentality, the mentality of never giving up. We've seen that in Lewis Ferguson this season in terms of his post-match interviews, but sometimes it doesn't quite transpire on the pitch or regularly enough on the pitch maybe. And, and I know there's a lot of you out there that listen to open goal. And those of you that have 
listen to Open Goal this week, the Keeping the Ball on the Ground episode, the story that Simon Ferry tells of when Scott Brown was coming back from injury and he beat the, the guy in the bleep test because he wanted to prove that he wasn't better than the new that he was better than the new signing, despite all the talk that he wasn't, he carried on with an injury, beat this guy, and still went two more levels. And the way Cy Ferry talked about the influence that Brown had on him as a young player and what he was like in training, it just makes you realise how how well this signing could turn out for us. I think so. I do agree with that, but I would also say I don't. I think I would still like him to come out and address the tone of um, Logan thing. Maybe say he was wrong to sort of defend him in that sort of manner. I get it's a teammate, etc. But the way what he said, the way he said it, seemed a bit hmm, it's still a bit off for me. But we'll yeah, so even though it was addressed in the Q and A last night, you'd still like to hear it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. I think so, yeah. It's all very well and good someone else speaking on behalf of him. Uh, I'm a, very, a well-trained businessman, Mr. PR man, working, working out exactly what to say. I think it would be better coming from the horse's mouth, yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see if that's addressed in time. And, I, you know, it might be for, for some people, if he does do that, they will kind of warm mm-hmm. to him. And, you know, it is going to be, it's an experiment, the Stephen Glass appointment, getting an inexperienced manager with an inexperienced assistant. But, it's Dave Carmack's world and that's what we're going to be living with now and you know if it if it works it's genius and if it doesn't well we know where the blame will lie so mm-hmm. <clears throat> but speaking of this the Celtic link there's been talk this week of Lee Griffiths mm-hmm. potentially signing obviously he's under contract so unless his contract is terminated we would be due a fee to Celtic now um, we know that there are some Celtic fans that watch this channel on YouTube and those of you that maybe watch a Celtic state of mind on YouTube as well will have known that in their recent episode, they were discussing the possibility of using Lee Griffiths as a weight in terms of them potentially trying to sign Lewis Ferguson. Is that something that you'd be in favour of? They're going to fuck right off if they think that's happening. 30-year-old Lee Griffiths. First of all, if he came to Aberdeen... I think he'd be a good signing, very good signing. He knows where the goal is, he can get fit, superb stuff. He'd be our star man, and he was probably best at Celtic when he was their first choice striker, star man up top. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're going to use him as weight to get Lewis Ferguson, a young midfielder who will go on to play for Scotland, I've no doubt, probably play in England at some stage, then it's not worth it for a 30 year old ageing striker, to be honest, that's had his problems. Um, I don't think it'll be worth it. But I would like to see Lee Griffiths come in. And we'll get on to it a little bit uh, in the Q, when we mentioned the q and It could be possible going by what Dave's saying. Would you be concerned, before we move on to the next one, would you be concerned about the baggage that would come with Lee Griffiths? I know that will be the concern of some people, given you know he's had some time away from the game with his mental health and you know question marks on his fitness. And honestly, I think a move away from central belt could actually be better for him, potentially. I mm-hmm. um, saw it mentioned on Twitter. Um, I think the fitness thing is probably more of the concern for me because mm-hmm. he has seemed overweight. Obviously, even Lennon came out and said he was, I think, at one stage. Um, yeah. and probably did look it as well. So that's probably more of the concern for me. But if it comes towards a fresh start, you never know. Yeah, well, we'll wait and see if that's another rumour um, that transpires into truth. Um, and I did like your tweet in reference to our next person, Shay Logan, given that there's been a lot of leaks at Pataudry, 
we've seen the departure of our plumber for five games on loan to Hearts. Thoughts on that? Obviously, again, another point addressed in the Q&A last night. Um, just very sad, to be honest. Obviously, he hasn't been playing much uh, this season. And when he has played, he's looked sort of, at some points, looked pretty good and shown a bit of fight. And sometimes he has looked well past it. Um, it's just pretty sad that he's going to play for Hearts, to be honest. And I feel sorry for him, if anything. That's about it. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously, a great servant. No, yeah, sorry. a great servant. Seven, seven and a half years at the club. Mm-hmm. And I think it's safe to say he knows what playing for the club means to the fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the probably few, and I think we maybe saw that when he came on, was it against Rangers and had a bit of fight about him. Um, but, you know, a good time. Every, every good thing must come to an end, as they say. And it is the right time for Shalo, I suppose, given his age. But it's just weird that he's going to hearts. I don't think I'll like it. Yeah, and, and obviously, you know, Paul Sheeran's come out and said to him that, you know, he's wanting to try some of the younger players. Do you kind of understand that decision, giving younger guys a chance over Shea Logan in these last few games? I do. Yeah, I definitely do. And um, I suppose you've got, in terms of actual options that could play right back, you've probably got Tommy Hoban, who played there against Dundee United, Calvin Ramsey, and then you could probably have Miko Vertan in there as well because he played right back a lot for Paul Sheeran at uh, for the youth team as well so that's another option obviously he signed a new contract we'll get on to that um, but I suppose it would also just be nice to have I suppose still the option of Shea Logan around in case anything does happen to any of the above mentioned probably to Hoban because then you're left with two youth players two very inexperienced players going into the split trying to trace third and possibly Scottish Cup as well but who knows it's happened now yeah we'll see and by all accounts maybe doesn't look likely that he'll stay on for next season mm-hmm. you know you know Dave Cormack said last night that he will be back before the end of the season so we can give him a proper farewell, but... Not really. Yeah, you don't really give someone a proper farewell in an empty stadium, but mm. we'll see how, how that develops anyway. Um, another player rumoured to be departing, um, although I noticed his wife decided that um, stay at home does not mean stay at home, it means going to Liverpool. Um, Ash Taylor rumoured to be leaving the club in the summer. Um, another one, I suppose, given his age. To be fair, he has played very well for us uh, recently, weirdly. But I suppose... How do you say weirdly? Well, I mean, still. But it probably has something to do with how deep our defence has been. The fact he's not been able to get exposed with players getting behind him. But uh, it's another one, I suppose, with new managers coming in. It is a fresh start. This is someone who's been re-signed by Derek McInnes. And at the time, mm-hmm. when, he le- when he left, everyone was quite thankful that he left. And when he came back, everyone was like, what the hell's going on so uh, it sort of does make sense and I can imagine he's probably on a decent wage as well so maybe free up up some of that as well yeah probably and and, you know like you said he's done well for us in in recent weeks probably been our best player but some people say that probably shows how poor we've been doing but yeah it's uh, I'll personally be disappointed to see him see him leave because I think him and Hoban have been solid enough Mm -hmm. at, at the back Occasionally he has his sort of Franz Beckenbauer moments, but I think all in all he is probably a limited defender. And going into next season, if we're going to have this attacking brand of football, you will need better ball players than Ash Taylor. Yeah, not just that 
oddball that gets pinged off cross True. field. <laughs> but I do love it when that happens. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> to be fair, I think we're more in shock than <laughs> at that. Mm-hmm. Um, now you've touched on um, Miko Vertanen signing a one-year extension, um, taking him to the end of next season. Also signing an extension was young Jack McKenzie. He was a two-year extension. Um, good to see some of these youth products getting signed up. And, and do you think having a new manager in that's kind of looking to play youth probably influenced those decisions? I think so, yeah. That's probably one of the reasons they'd be keen to stay on board. Because, like, well, especially with Mikko Vertanen, now 22, that's sort of the age where you want to be breaking into a first team if you've not already by that stage, which explains probably why it's a one-year deal see how he does in the one year and then maybe chance to move on no risk for us and he's got a chance to prove himself if not then he's not tied down at a club where he could end up going out alone once again um very happy for my mate miko first of all um soko lemo man himself i had to get it in there had to had to had to be done (laughs) but um yeah no it's encouraging to see a couple youngsters want to say it was uh Interesting what Vertanen said. He loves the club, loves the city. Very nice. And mm-hmm. in terms of Jack McKenzie as well, he came across really well in his interview. Seemed like a hungry young lad, very bright as well. Just good to see. I presume we'll probably see him probably keeping that left-back spot towards the end of the season. He played very, obviously, had a little mistake against Dundee United, but that's what happens when you've not played a lot of first-team games. So mm-hmm. he'll just get better, hopefully, from here on out. Yeah, and obviously there was the talk in the Q&A that he could have moved to Atlanta too uh, on loan this season had there, had there not been um, COVID. But I think, you know, he's come out and said himself that he more than benefited from his time at Forfar, playing an experienced men's football. And, and you know, hopefully he can just get better as, as the, the games go on and as he gets more minutes and experience. And, you know, I wouldn't be adverse to seeing him play. Um, in that left back position like you say for the rest of the season um, and especially on Saturday against Dumbarton because he will have experience of playing against them this season mm-hmm. he looked he looked very confident and sort of brave on the ball at times against Sunday United as well Good, decent enough going forward which is encouraging too um, and also on the other side of things I'd mentioned it a little bit earlier before Miko Vertanen had played right back for Paul Sheeran's uh, under 20s or whatever they are these days I think that could possibly be what happens this weekend? Maybe. You never know. I hope he gets his chance. And if it is, you're probably not going to take out Dean Campbell or Ferguson McCrory. So maybe at right back, he will get his chance. Who knows? Just playing, just seeing, put it out there. You never know. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, obviously, it's been the international break. Um, we've had four players away on international duty. Um, Flo Comberry with the Albanian squad never featured, sat on the bench against. Um, England and their first game and then wasn't included at all against San Marino similar to Constein sat on the bench against Austria and Israel and then didn't feature at all in the squad um, last night against the Pharaohs whereas Niall McGinn and Matty Kennedy both getting minutes for Northern Ireland although disappointing results probably across mm-hmm. the international games but Niall McGinn scoring a pretty exceptional goal where the hell's that one come from? Honestly, can we can you, can you do that more often for us, please? That'd be nice. What a goal that was! Uh, yeah, very nice finish from from him and Mike Henry getting some football as well. Also, you mentioned Andy Constein there. Happy birthday, Andy! Obviously, a big fan <laughs> of the show. Clearly, um, yeah. just thought I'd extend my you know well wishes. Yeah, you're clearly in a good mood. But yeah, no, it's uh, quite ironic of McGinn to throw in that type of goal when a few weeks back he could hardly get a free kick off the ground at Parkhead. <laughs> Mental. It's not the same person, honestly. I don't think it is. 
Um, so yeah, we had the, the, the Q&A with the chairman last night, Dave Cormack. Um, how did you feel that went as a Q&A in, in whole? Do you feel that he was transparent enough throughout? I think he was. He didn't really shirk away from too many questions. First of all, I think Dave Cormack is excellent entertainment. Absolutely brilliant. He's <laughs> proper showtime and I'd love it. I genuinely do love it. Um, I think he came across okay. Yeah, f- to be fair, what other chairmen are doing that? kind of chairman, chairwoman, whatever, chair people. Who else is doing that? Nobody is. So I think, first of all, props him for that in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, Questions, they didn't shy away from too much, which was pretty good, I think. Very interesting. And most importantly, he loves Rowies. He loves (laughs) Rowies. What more could you want? Yeah, I I think that was, for me, the, the impressive part that I'm not convinced it was live. Um... I think, but for me, I'm glad they didn't hold back with some of the questions. You look at the Ronald Hernandez mm-hmm. deal that was asked and, and very well answered. Um, similarly with the, the Stephen Glass process, finding out that there was there was eight and it was whittled down to, mm-hmm. to four. Um, interestingly enough, you know, it, how deep do you want to dive into that? The four positions coming up in England, pressed and job potentially, Portsmouth were the Cowley brothers in there but fancied England instead you know you could I suppose conspiracy theorists will continue to have their thoughts and and work out but it's it's, you know fair enough he didn't he didn't have to come out and go into as much detail in some of the answers but but he did Um, and I thought the one the one point as well about we're looking to complement our youth team with experience and that's Mm -hmm. where he touched on um, with the Scott Brown signing, that's going to be some some good experience for the young players. So it'll be interesting to see how many of the young players are developed next season. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I then touched on that with Stephen Glass and how much he liked to develop players in Atlanta. So that was good. I think, however, it was live. And the reason I think that, I think live, they read through the questions, obviously, so he knew kind of what to say. It wasn't just total mm. sprung up on him. Um, live, because of the amount of fucking names you got wrong. <laughs> Horrendous. <laughs> to be fair, probably a lot of pressure. He probably was feeling quite nervous because it was live, which is what I'm thinking it is. But it was I mean, we know how, great entertainment. How, it was great entertainment. We know how much pressure it is to get things right. And we're lucky that we can sometimes edit it out if we feel mm-hmm. like it. And that's to a lot less people than tuned in yeah. to Dave last night as well. But um, I also I mentioned Atlanta a little bit there as well. I did think it was very interesting to hear a little bit more about the link between... Um, us and them and how we got John Gallagher, uh, they covered his wages and that mm-hmm. how Jack McKenzie was maybe going to go there and play with their Atlanta 2 side. I think it would be interesting to see if more people do that in future. I also think that's probably mm-hmm. very, very telling that Jack McKenzie would be willing to go to America and do that. Probably tells you yeah. a lot about him. Um, mm-hmm. Also interesting that you mentioned that he was like, for example, if we get two players on loan from Atlanta, now I've not got anyone in mind. <laughs> And we'd be able to stretch the budget to maybe sign an experienced striker. Come on, Dave, mate. Come on. We know what's happening and I'm all for it. Let's have it. Just tell us, just announce it on the air that it's happening. You know, he, I like how he says, it was the same when Stephen Glass was announced. Um, he said, I- I'll leave it to Stephen to announce his backroom staff. Mm. You know, I-, I don't want to steal anybody's thunder. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, if that develops into a couple of 
their players coming over on loan this season mm-hmm. to be announced when Lee Griffiths signs. I hope so. I, but, um, but even the you know the the financial side of the the Q and A that he was discussing that how big a cash gap there was this season um, with you know no crowd and the fact that he's gone in and put three point one million of his own money or you know joint with friends and other board mem- members. That that's a big commitment to put that that much money into the club. Obviously, on top of selling Scott McKenna, Sam Cosgrove, and, and the potential for two million in insurance. If if you know that's only was shown as a net impact of two hundred thousand pounds. It's quite impressive. Uh, I would like to mention though, he put in three point one. Let's not forget how much he sold his bloody company for. But no, fair play to him for that. <laughs> Um, it, uh, that was sort of I'll be honest when it, they started speaking at the finances that's when I sort of zoned out a little bit and then you sort of your ears perked up a little bit yeah got my calculator out <laughs> exactly but no it was interesting to hear that kind of thing and it's not often you hear that from uh, probably any companies let alone actual football mm. clubs as well which are so in the public eye um, but the one thing sorry to go back to non-financial talk the manager's thing. I'm still not convinced that this wasn't, he's like, interviewed eight people, four got down to the outstanding candidates, then there was just two. Still not 100% convinced that out of all the eight, Stephen Glass was like the superb one. But I'm also okay with him being here now. I'm on board. I've, I've heard what he said and he's got me excited. It's 100% happening. We're winning everything. And <laughs> what's the other thing I was going to say? An absolute shambles. Another thing, it's good, I suppose, even if it was premeditated, that they're going to have a good working relationship. They know each other. That's always mm-hmm. a bonus. So. Yeah. Um, the only thing I will say on the manager is why he's been appointed now for over a week. Why is he not going to be in charge until after St. Johnston? What's the hold-up hold there? Yeah. Um, I know there's obviously the quarantine period, but... In his com- press conference, he was saying that he would probably expect to be there for St Johnston. So why is it now going to be another week? Just I don't understand. Like I thought there would have been kind of a desire to get in, get stuck in, and see what you're working with. But unless he's just got good communication with Sheeran and Robson, and he's happy relying on their feedback. But hmm. yeah, I thought he'd have wanted to come over and get straight stuck in. Might have been more issues with the getting over visas and things I suppose possibly because who knows yeah I don't know Maybe how it works house or anything. yeah I don't know how any of it works to be honest but travelling right now just seems like a total nightmare I suppose so. yeah I mean it was it's a small thing but I just it, I picked up on um, I thought I just thought it was strange but mm-hmm. I suppose before we get on to footballing matters how do you like your Rowie Callum? I like my Rowie I love Rowies first of all let's say that much Um <laughs> It's interesting. Recently, I've been having this mature cheddar cheese spread on it. Decent. Very, very decent. Uh, previously, a butter man. Um, but no, yeah, I like that. But also, people are slandering Dave for the bacon thing. I've had basically, it was like a rowie sandwich with bacon and then like melted cheese on it. And it was horrible for me, but absolutely delicious. So fair play. Mm. Um Got to take a rowie down to Michael next time we go see him. She's going to try one. I tried to explain the concept and he just was like, so it's a variant of a scone or not? <laughs> Bloody nightmare. It's so hard to explain what a rowie is to someone who's not from here. 
Never. Yeah, no, I can't that. believe you just outed what he he called it a variant of a scorn. That's going to cause outrage throughout. But I mean, you didn't even know about the fisherman thing, why they were originally made. So there you go. No, I did not. Education. Yeah, also, was a... Sorry, I also got a message from someone from Glasgow. He said he wants, he was up here for uni. He once got, went to St. Marker Bakery and asked for a roll and pie, meaning like a bun and pie, because that's yeah. what they get. Uh, he got given a rowie with butter on it and scotch pie on top. <laughs> Which honestly, I'm not adverse to trying, but I think the butter then melting with the scotch pie heat would just be a disaster. But mm. very interesting nonetheless. Anyway, how do you like your, your rowies, uh, Glenn? Great question, Callum. Mm-hmm. Um, I like mine cold with jam. Mm-hmm. It's got to be cold. Or somebody on Twitter now, this was a while ago, so I can't remember who it was, suggest slightly toasted with honey, and it was superb. Ah, so you go down more of the sweet route. I go down the yeah. savoury route. That's very interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting. I think the honey one sounds very interesting. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be adverse to trying that. Never had with jam, though. So Yeah, used to be a, a staple on a morning on a way mm. day, going past the local shop. Mm. Rowie with jam, please, on mm. the bus. Supplements the, the juice very nicely. Oh, the juice, yeah. I think... You could probably have just about anything with a rowie at this rate. I saw someone on Twitter having it with lemon curd. I think anything goes to be honest. Anything spreadable, you could probably get away with. It probably tastes quite nice. Yeah, in fairness, I think I think I saw Lewis Sharp post up a picture of a sliced rowie with butter and bacon in it, and it did look very good. I mean, my stomach's rumbling at the thought of this, but that's because we're recording this at lunchtime and I've still Mm. not eaten, so... Yeah, very true. I wish I did have rowies, though, to have, but anyway. <laughs> I love rowies. Anyway, enough rowie chat. On to the footballing side of things. And as we said, club football is back. The road to Hamden begins for Aberdeen this weekend in the quest for silverware. We travel down to the C&G System Stadium in Dumbarton, also known locally as The Rock, and we are going to be hoping that Dumbarton do not rock us out of the Scottish Cup. That's very up. good. Yeah, that's really good. I like that. Uh, brilliant place called Name The Rock. Imagine going to have a stadium you nicknamed it The Rock. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. That's all I've got to add about it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, the stadium is overlooked by the Dumbarton Castle, which I think um, few people can... I don't know if it's open currently, but I know people in the past have gone up and watched the game oh. from the castle. Um, we know there's maybe some people that choose to do that this weekend but obviously the game is live on the BBC at lunchtime kickoff as we've said um, as we've also touched on Paul Sheeran will remain in charge for this game do you think there will be an influence from Stephen Glass ahead of this game? Um, possibly maybe he might be in charge picking the team who knows but I also think they've probably got a similar philosophy given the team Paul Sheeran played against and United in terms of giving the youngsters a chance, which I'm okay with. Um, mm-hmm. I will refrain from abusing Paul Sheen for his appearance in any way, shape <laughs> or form. Uh, even if we do get knocked out of the Scottish Cup, I will not say anything. Um, mainly because I, I, yeah, I don't want to get abused for my terrible hairpiece. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I think they'll just, I think they just they're sort of seem to be cut from a similar cloth, giving youth a chance. So it'll probably mm-hmm. just be much and such the same. Yeah, and you know, since we last played against Dungeon United, the league has restarted in the um, 
for Dunbar and they've now they'll have played five times since we've last played and um, we're recording this on Thursday lunchtime and Dumbarton are actually due to play Airdrie tonight um, but since the restart Dumbarton have failed to score at home so pretty much like ourselves they're struggling in front of goals so it's definitely going to be entertainment this weekend picked a bloody great game to put on national television didn't they um, mm-hmm. It will be interesting. They're, yeah, their sc- uh, goal-scoring form nearly as bad as ours, not quite yet, but probably because they've not played as many games. It will be interesting um, to see how it goes. I'd like to see us just go out and absolutely just go hell for leather at them. Mm-hmm. You'd like to think that would happen given the gap um, in divisions, but you know any, anything could happen. It could be turgid terrible stuff and it's probably got all the makings for that and we know what it's like when a team sits in against us even when Dumbarton sits in against us as as they did last time try to break them down bloody nightmare yeah and I think you know before their 1-1 draw against high flying Falkirk on Tuesday night they'd only scored once in seven league games and that was a 1-0 win at home to, to Cove Rangers but all season again up until Tuesday they'd only scored five league goals so, um, conceding 12, um, yes, they've scored six goals in the Cup, four of them being against Hunley, but their top league goal scorers on two goals. So, mm. they're finding goals hard to come by. We're finding goals hard to come by. But you'd like to see a kind of all-out attack. Get, get at them early. Get a goal in the opening 10, 15 minutes. Let's cause them problems in... Mm-hmm kind of put any worries of a cup exit banana skin to the back of our minds we should absolutely be smacking them let's be honest we should be um, whether it will or not we will or not who knows we've obviously seen over the years a few bad results uh, against mm. the lower league opposition uh, but mm. I would for, after extending my uh, well wishes to Andy Consign earlier I'd like to extend my condolences to Joe Stephen uh, after you mentioned that Huntley <laughs> cup exit <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure he was devastated at not getting to see the black and gold play the Dons this weekend. But Sam Ramsbottom, the Dunbarton keeper, was in fine form um, on Tuesday night, um, by all accounts, reading the match report. He'll need to be in fine form again, and he will certainly be hoping to avoid the comical own goal that went viral in their game against Forfar. <laughs> I hope it happens again. That would be brilliant. Could you imagine? Um, actually, ideally, not an own goal, though. Like, hit it off Flo Camberry or something so you can get a bit of confidence, please. That would be nice. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he will probably... You'd imagine he needs to be in fine form. Um, I'm hoping for the life of me he doesn't, and he does do something hilarious. That would be brilliant. Mm. And, and I suppose from an Aberdeen point of view, you, you know, you suggested earlier in the episode about the potential of Vertanen playing at right back or maybe even Calvin Ramsey mm-hmm. um, and Jack McKenzie at the left. Do you see maybe an Ethan Ross getting getting a start or would you be adverse to seeing like two up top and, and really kind of going full strength, kind of like what Scotland did last night against the Pharaohs, go as strong as you can before then bringing on on younger players? Or would you rather see us give some of these youth players a chance and keep the experienced players on the bench if required? Yeah, I've got a feeling he might go with Mackenzie left back and maybe Vertan at right back. But then other than that, I don't think he'll be experimenting too much in terms of with Ethan Ross and things. We've got good options, I suppose, going forward, like Johnny Hayes, if you could call it a good option these days. Um, and Niall McGinn might play, I suppose, as well. 
Um, I would like to see him give Ethan Ross a chance. I certainly, as you mentioned, I'd like to see him come on if mm-hmm. if he doesn't start and Conor McLennan as well. Probably a good game for him to maybe get going, hopefully, uh, and get, a, put, get put in a good performance, get his confidence up a little bit more and hopefully we can see him performing a little bit better after the split. Is Is Saturday for you all about progression or are you wanting to see more than more than that on the pitch um, I would like to see us put in a good performance an exciting performance ideally just for my own personal entertainment and everything else and to, just as I mentioned just to get a bit of confidence going get a bit of good feeling about the place obviously that's not been the case recently it would just mm-hmm. be nice to get a good few goals a bit like Faroe Island against Faroe Islands last night Nice and comfortable, no stresses, in and out, nice and easy. That would be brilliant, but it's Aberdeen we're talking about. We all know anything could happen. And hopefully we're not reviewing this game at the weekend, speaking of a disaster. But um, obviously this season there is no replays in the Scotch Cup, so if it is to be a drop full time, the game will go to extra time and then penalties if needed. Hopefully they're not, and hopefully we do take care of Dunbarton with, with relative ease. It'll be interesting to see given the the gap in terms of we've we've played we shouldn't have any doubts around our team's fitness. Mm. Probably from a Dumbarton point of view, they'll certainly be sharper given, you know, they've had five games okay, we've we've spoken about their inability to score, but fitness might be a concern for them towards the end of the game. It's mental that they're playing tonight as well, isn't it? Absolutely mental. And um, before I launch them kick off on Saturday, but yeah, especially if it goes to especially if it goes to extra time by the way, and also some of them part time. Let's be honest as well, probably working still. Um, so yeah, could be fatigue, but hopefully it's not going to come down to us getting the benefit over them with fatigue. I hope it doesn't come down to that. Cause that's terrible. Yeah, let's hope it doesn't. And um, yeah, we'll be we'll be back at the weekend to go over our return to action and hopefully continuing on the road to Hamden after our Scottish Cup victory. Let's hope we've not just jinxed that, Calm. It wouldn't be like us to jinx it, would it, at all? Never. Never done before. Don't know what you're talking about. No, but um, thanks, Calm, for for joining me after your midweek break. Um, And thanks to those of you that have tuned in as Calm said at the start of the episode if you're watching on YouTube don't forget to to like the video and comment below with your thoughts on the comings and goings on how the game is going to go at the weekend and also subscribe